Okay, here we go. We are absolutely packed. It is great to have you in. This is Guido's Gridiron Blitz. Mike Guido here with you on the Landry Football Podcast Network. It is great to have you in. Uh, A very eventful week in uh, football this week. We've got Monday Night Football tonight, Tuesday Night Football tomorrow. The Lakers win the NBA Finals. That's not football, but (laughs) I figured it's relevant to bring up. So, first, I do want to tell you, Guido's Gridiron Blitz is sponsored by American Betting Experts, one of the largest licensed sports and casino vendors in the United States. We have teamed together to provide special gaming offers to all Landry football followers and podcast listeners. Here's what you do. Go to our website, LandryFootball.com. Click on the ad located in the upper right side of the page, Pick among the gaming sites that are legal in your state, such as BetMGM, DraftKings, FanDuel, and PointsBet. Uh, Sign up and instantly receive an account deposit match or risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000. It's that easy. Again, go to LandryFootball.com, click on the ad located on the upper right side of the page, and get in on the action with a special offer from American Betting Experts. That's American Betting Experts. Go to LandryFootball.com, follow those steps, and just have fun with it. Uh, Okay, so I want to get into this. We have plenty of stuff to go over today. Uh, So... This was the big news yesterday, and I am going to start with this. This is a uh, a massive topic right now in football. This is, I mean, you know, I, I think it's easily the biggest story. Twitter was blowing up all day yesterday talking about this. Uh, Dak Prescott is going to miss the entirety of this season. Cowboys got a win yesterday at the Giants, but at what cost? Uh, they lose Dak Prescott for the year. Uh, in Dak's first four seasons, and I guess four seasons and four and a half games up to this point, Dak has not missed a game. He has not missed a game. Dak Prescott has not missed a game. So this injury comes as a little, it's a little unorthodox for Dak. One of the things, I've been very critical of him uh, so far, but the one thing that we could say about Dak Prescott is that he's durable. He doesn't miss games. He's reliable. Uh, so. Dak, his numbers this year going in were historic. Uh, He was was on pace going going into week five. He was on pace for like 6,700 passing yards, which is just unheard of. I I don't think he would have ever gotten to that number, but, you know, we're, we're, you know, it it was on pace for it. So, but here's the big thing, you know, and it wasn't really getting talked about much yesterday because I guess there were a lot of people that were being really sensitive to the situation. And nobody really wanted to talk about it. They just kind of wanted to wish Dak well and, you know, say, hey, Dak, you got it and everything like that. I mean, listen, even I, I've been really hard on him for a long time. I really have. I've really been hard on Dak. But I even was just like, listen, like the one thing that you can say positively about Dak Prescott is his perseverance, his leadership, his maturity. Like, there's so much respect for Dak around the league, right? And he's still a young player. He's still, you know, he's all, this is his fifth year in the league. You know what I mean? I, I, 
it was just it feels like yesterday that he was taking over for Tony Romo. Like it, like that was it. You know, Dax is still a relatively young player in this league, and he's already established such a great reputation for himself. He had opened up about mental health early on in the year, right? Him and Hayden Hurst were going to, the tight end of the Falcons, were going to, you know, team up together and try to, you know, form some sort of a thing uh, to fight against uh, mental illness and all of those things. Um, but there's just so much reverence and respect for Dak. There just is around the league. You saw it yesterday. If you watch the game or we're watching it on red zone or, or something along those lines, you saw it right, right after Dak got hurt, they pulled out the stretcher. They got him onto the stretcher and like the entire team, the entire team went over there. I mean, the guy was crying. He clearly cares about the game, right? It's not, it's not all about money for Dak. He clearly cares. Um, so again, I think people were being a little bit soft yesterday and being kind of sensitive just because they have so much respect for Dak and we can worry about the rest of it later. However, I do think that this is an important thing to cover. This is a really important situation. I have talked to plenty of people that have told me that they have never ever seen a quarterback situation like this with a particular team. They, uh, there are a lot of people that believe, and I'm not alone on this because I agree, that the Dallas Cowboys quarterback situation is the hardest to figure out in the league. And it might be the hardest to figure out that we've seen in a while. It is, this is not an easy situation by any means necessary. By any means necessary. So, Here's the big thing, right? We all understand that going into this season, Dak Prescott was, you know, we're, we're <laughs> fighting for a new contract and the Cowboys weren't giving it to him. And there was this big fight, right? Oh, the Dallas Cowboys, they're screwing him over. Now, what you're hearing a lot of is, oh, Jerry, meaning Jerry Jones, Stephen Jones, the, they wronged Dak. Oh, they wronged him. They, he, all Dak wanted to do was have it was get his money. And now he might not get it because of his injury. Okay. I like Dak. I do. I, I like Dak as a person. I, listen, I don't love him as my quarterback, but, uh, you know, and I've been really, really critical of him, but I love Dak as a person. I have no complaints about Dak the human. Here's the big thing that I need people to understand. And I think we need to get this narrative out. Like it just get it, throw it out of the window right away. By no means necessary were the Dallas Cowboys disrespecting Dak Prescott. Let me say it again. There is no way, no way that the Dallas Cowboys were disrespecting Dak Prescott. Not a single way. Sorry. They were not. We have to remember the situation correctly, okay? I know that we choose to remember things and choose to forget some things just so we can tell our own story. But let's be real about this scenario. Dak Prescott was offered by the Dallas Cowboys a five-year contract extension. That was for roughly $34, $35 million per year. 
$34-35 million per year for five seasons. In no way, shape, or form were the Dallas Cowboys telling Dak Prescott to get lost, to not let the door hit him on the ass on a way out. They were no way, in no way telling him that. They wanted Dak Prescott to be their quarterback, and they were clear about it. Clear. I mean, you could see it. And I, listen, even the offers that the Cowboys were making, I was like, (laughs) yeah, it's a little steep. It's a little steep. Like, I think Dak Prescott's a 27, $28 million a year quarterback, right? He's He's a Jimmy Garoppolo, Kirk Cousins type money quarterback. Right, like that, and that's what he is. He's not Russell Wilson. He's not Deshaun Watson. He's not Patrick Mahomes. He's not Aaron Rodgers. He's not, he's not any of those guys. He's not okay. He's not a mid thirties million dollar quarterback. Can he be a mid to high twenties million dollar quarterback? Yeah, okay. Listen, if you were able to say, "Listen, we're going to sign Dak Prescott to twenty seven, twenty eight million dollars a year," I'd be like, "Okay, sign me up tomorrow." I got no problem with that. Absolutely no problem. But that's not what's happening. Dak Prescott wanted four years. Remember this, four. He wanted four years. And he wanted more money, right? He wanted more than Russell Wilson. That was his deal. And we're going to talk about Russell Wilson later and why Dak doesn't deserve any even kind of that money. And I know that people right now are going to be like, Guido, you're being so insensitive and all the love to Dak is like, listen, I understand all that love and, and, and prayers going Dak Prescott's way, you know, speedy recovery, Dak. And I mean, like, I wish him a speedy recovery. I don't want, I never wanted Dak to get hurt like that. Of course not. Well, I, I never want a player's career to be in jeopardy. I never want a season to be in jeopardy. I know nothing. I, I would never wish that on anyone. But this forces the Dallas Cowboys to make a decision, right? It does. It forces the Cowboys to make a decision. And that decision is, what do you do with them? What do you do? Do you pay him what he wants? Like, And this is, this is a real question. Do you pay Dak Prescott what he wants? So, He gets a four-year contract or so. He gets that long-term contract extension, probably upwards of $40 million now per year, mostly guaranteed. Do you pay him that? Because I can't imagine the Cowboys in their right mind justifying paying him that much money. The Cowboy fan base loves him for the most part. They do. The NFL loves him for the most part. The players in the league, okay, especially the player on his team, players on his team, love Dak Prescott for the most part. They do. So saying no to Dak is really, really hard at this point. But again, can you imagine coming off an injury, one in three start heading into game five? Okay. The Cowboys were down early 14 to 3 to the Giants, who are quite possibly the worst team in the NFL. And then Dak gets hurt. 
Andy Dalton comes in, the Cowboys win the game, right? Do you justify giving that sort of a contract to this quarterback that in his most recent uh in his most recent action has put together that? And again, the numbers look good, but if you look at where the numbers are coming from, the Cowboys have been behind in a lot of games, and they've gotten close. They've gotten back into it in a lot of games against prevent defense, bend don't break, a lot of scoring, a lot of empty yards. That's it. That's the reality of that situation. So do you pay him? I can't imagine that that's a realistic possibility. So here's another option. You franchise him again. Okay, I can't imagine that being a real possibility because think about this for a second. If you pay Dak, if you if you franchise Dak again, how high is that number? It's market value. You franchise Dak, you franchise tag Dak once and you're paying him 31 and a half million dollars this year. That's a lot of money. $31.5 million for Dak this year. Do you do that again and have the number be even higher? Because that's what happens with a franchise tag, right? Is you franchise that player once, it's a certain number. If you franchise him again the next year, the number goes up the the number increases it's meant to benefit the player right so that if a team isn't comfortable with giving you a long-term contract they can give you the franchise tag for a really solid price top of the market value so the player still gets paid for that season but it doesn't negatively affect the team as much right it's meant to benefit the player it doesn't give the team all of the control that's the reality of that but I can't find that as a realistic possibility because that franchise tag is going to be so much money. And you got to pay other guys. You've got to fill out a roster. Okay, your defense is already terrible. I can't imagine that you leave it that scarce again for another year. I mean, I don't think franchising him is even a relative option. The other option would be to let him go to let him walk and you have two options after that once you let him hit the free agent market if no other team in the league is willing to give Dak Prescott a crazy amount of money if no other team is willing to do that then you can come back in at the end of it and say listen here's what we're willing to give you and Dak would have no choice but to take it or take somewhere else. If he feels disrespected or anything like that, he could just go somewhere else. You know, he's going to have options. $40 million options? I don't know about that. But could he go replace Drew Brees in New Orleans? Absolutely. Could he go replace Phillip Rivers in Indianapolis? Yes, absolutely. Could he eventually replace Ben Roethlisberger in Pittsburgh? Of course. There are plenty of quarterbacks that are going out. There are plenty of 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 places where he'd be an upgrade at the you know at the quarterback position where you know maybe Jacksonville wants to replace Minshew. Who knows? I I don't know that they would, but maybe maybe that's what they'd want to do. He's going to have options. 
But if his market is not nearly as high as what he thinks he uh, as what he thinks it is, then the Cowboys can swoop right back in, and there you go. They get him for a relatively fair price, or they move on from Dak completely. They draft another kid. Don't worry about paying a quarterback even a little bit. Okay, fill up that roster, draft some young quarterback, develop them, right? Get Mike McCarthy's guy, you know, get McCarthy and Kellen Moore to, to, to hone in a quarterback and, you know, a young guy that, that's on the cheap and they got Zeke and they got those three wide receivers. I mean, my, my goodness, could you imagine how bad that young quarterback would have to be to not succeed in this offense? I'm serious. With Cooper, Gallup, CeeDee Lamb, you have Blake Jarwin coming back at tight end. You got Ezekiel Elliott in the backfield. You have that offensive line. You've got Mike McCarthy as your head coach. I, I, I mean, I, I could succeed to an extent to an extent in that offense. It's crazy. So they have options here. This is a real situation. Now, here's what I would do. And again, I think you have an understanding of where I would go with this. Okay, I would let him walk. And I would see what happens if he's getting offers that are above. I would I would establish a number. Okay, that let's say I think the Cowboys' number should be. Listen, we don't want to go over thirty million dollars. We don't want to go over thirty million dollars. We'd like to be under thirty, but if Dak wants thirty, I suppose we could give it to him. Right, thirty is my max. Thirty is my max. So he goes into the free agency market. And he's getting offers for $32, $33, $34 million a year. All right, Dak, it was nice, man. You know, I appreciate it. And then you go draft some other kid and give him all that weapons and that running game and that offensive line and that coaching staff. And you just say, all right, here we go. (laughs) Let's try it. Maybe you bring Andy Dalton back so he could be the bridge guy and something like that so the kid doesn't have to start right away or something along those lines. But, okay, then there's the other option where, okay, Dak is not getting the offer, and then you entertain saying, okay, Dak comes back to us and says, all right, guys, I want $30 million. Okay, I'm in. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. So we don't have to deal with the headache of, you know, developing another quarterback. They're kind of, you know, sometimes they're hard to deal with. Maybe the guy does, maybe he doesn't fall with, you know, fall to us. Maybe our draft pick's too good or or something like that. We can't get one of the top guys. You know, maybe that's the real situation there. But you do have to keep in mind that Dak is only as good as Dak is going to get. And uh, after the injury, who knows how good he is. So, uh, but Big topic there. I think there's a lot to discuss with that. I'm not certain where. Um, I'm not really certain where the Cowboys are going to go. I know where I would go with that. I'd let them walk. I'd see what my options are. I wouldn't tie myself down, especially after this. Okay, but I do seriously want to throw this out there one more time before we move on. There, by no means necessary, was Dak disrespected by the Dallas Cowboys. That that's business. Okay, he didn't want to take a good offer from the Cowboys. He bet on himself, said, listen, I'm going to prove to you that I deserve this sort of money. And he gets hurt in week five. That's what happens. Okay. I feel sorry for him. Listen, I do. Okay. Do I wish he didn't get hurt? Yes. Do I, I, do I hope he, you know, recovers fast? Yes, I do. 
but that's the nature of the NFL. Okay, so uh, let's get into this. So Sunday night football was last night. The Seahawks were able to uh, pull a win out miraculous. I, I don't know how. <laughs> okay, like the Seahawks were able to pull a win out yesterday. That was just ridiculous. Okay, 27-26, they beat the Vikings in Seattle. Minnesota had them beat all game. All game. Minnesota was leading for almost the entire game, right? Minnesota goes up 26-21, right? They And then there's that fourth and inches play deep in Seahawks territory that the Vikings don't get. Right at the end of the game in the fourth quarter, they don't get it. They give Russell Wilson the ball back, and then the Seahawks go all the way down the field and score a touchdown. It was just unbelievable. Right? That Russell Wilson on fourth and 10. Fourth and 10. I mean, if you get fourth and 10 at the end of the game, that is death. There's very rarely do you convert in that situation. Fourth and 10 throws a deep ball to DK Metcalf, who I guess, listen. All of the technical stuff, this goes to show you why you can't really like buy into all the nitpicky stuff that some draft people buy into. Everybody knew that DK Metcalf was just a physical specimen, had a chance to be special, all of these things, and he looks special, okay? He looks special. He looks like he could be really good. Now, he's a little inconsistent still because he's young. He doesn't run routes great, but uh, listen, I... When you need him, he's there, man. He just out-physicals, guys. It's unbelievable. The guy runs a 4-3-40, and he's 500 pounds, pure muscle. But uh, anyway, so here's the interesting part about this game, and I, I, I think this is the most important thing. And this is why, again, I don't want to go too far back into Dak Prescott, but this is why the Seahawks can afford to pay Russell Wilson $35 million a year. This is the reason. This is why. Okay. Time of possession in this pat in this game. The Vikings had the ball for 40 minutes. 40 minutes. The Seahawks had the ball for 20 minutes of the whole game. 20 minutes. And still won. Still, They still found ways to win. Minnesota had the ball for twice as long. They were The offense was on the field for Minnesota for twice as long. Kirk Cousins saw so much more action last night than Russell Wilson, and Russell Wilson still won the game. This is why I'm picking the Seahawks to win the NFC. They are the best team in the NFC, and I'm not certain that they're not the best team in the NFL because not everything, and I think this is so important, it is so important when I bring this up and that people don't take this lightly. It is so important that team, when not everything goes right, because not everything went right for the Seahawks yesterday, okay? Their defense was bad early. Okay, they got off to a bad start. They couldn't score points. Not everything went perfect for Seattle. It was pouring rain in Seattle. They had the ball for 20 minutes and won that football game against a team in Minnesota, despite their record, that is not bad. 
That the Minnesota Vikings are not a bad football team, despite their record. I understand they're off to a terrible start. I really do, but that's a talented roster with talented players, with a competent quarterback, with a young secondary, with a hell of a pass rush. Right? Uh, Daniel Hunter and Yannick Ngakwe get after the quarterback. That's an improved offensive line. Dalvin Cook is probably a top two or three running back in the entire league. And Alexander Madison is no slouch behind him. Adam Thielen's one of the best wide receivers in the league. Okay, that that rookie Justin Jefferson that they just drafted looks like he's going to be a real player. Kyle Rudolph, Irv Smith. And this is a real team with good coaching. Mike Zimmer can coach. This is a real team. And the Seahawks had the ball for 20 minutes. 20 minutes, and it didn't matter. It didn't matter. That's why I'm picking them in the NFC. Because they are the team that has shown me so far. Even Kansas City hasn't done this. Okay? They are the team that has shown me so far that when faced against the like every single reason that you should lose, it doesn't matter. They're 5-0. and the, the Seahawks should have lost last night. You thought going into the game, again, you thought going into the game, the Seahawks were going to blow out the Vikings, right? Or at least there's no way the Vikings are beating Seattle in Seattle. Like there, there's no way. There's no way that's happening. Then the game happens, right? They go, the Vikings go up 13 nothing early. And you're like, what? Like, where is this? And then again, you're all the way halfway through the fourth quarter, and you're just like, God, the Vikings look like they're going to get this one. Right? They get the ball. They're up freaking 26 21. And you're like, the time's dwindling, man. This is not, you know, like the, the win probability for the Vikings was like in the 90s. It was unbelievable. And then the Seahawks come back and win. And what do you know? Right. It's Russell Wilson making a big play. It's DK Metcalf running and making a big play. The defense gets a big stop. Like, like, I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, that's just that's that's thirty five million dollars a quarterback. That's thirty five million dollars a quarterback and what that guy can give you. And when he's leading your team, you're always in the hunt. The Seahawks are the best team in the NFC. And they shouldn't be. That roster isn't good. They didn't have Jamal Adams last night. This was n- this is not a good football team. Okay, on paper, this is not a good football team. Defensively, they've got a couple of guys that can really play. Right, Bobby Wagner's a star. We understand that. Jamal Adams, when healthy, is a star. KJ Wright's all right. He's you know good, but he's not amazing. He's good. The D-line stinks. Offensive line stinks. Wide receivers are average. Their running back's a second, a seventh-round pick. I, this isn't a good roster. <laughs> they're, they're winning games. It's unreal. It is just unreal. So, yes, do I, do I feel overly confident? Do I feel overly confident in that, uh, in the uh, Seahawks going forward in the NFC? Yes. I do. Okay. Uh, it looks like this is. So this is okay. 
So breaking news here. Uh, so Cowboys vice president, Stephen Jones. Okay, this, this ties into our lead topic today. He is doubling down and said that he was asked, when asked directly, is there if there was any reason to believe that Dak Prescott was not going to be with the team, Stephen Jones said, absolutely not, absolutely not, absolutely not. He's our future. He's special. If anyone can overcome anything, it would be Dak Prescott. So they look, listen, and this is early. Things can change. But as of right now, the Cowboys look like, or at least Stephen Jones says, they are going to, they're going to keep Dak Prescott. They want him. He's our future. They vow. This is what the notification says. They, Stephen Jones vows that Dak Prescott will be with Dallas in 2021. So again, uh, we'll see if things change. Okay. This is a big injury. This is not a slouch. This is a big injury, but who knows? Maybe things can change and maybe we'll see something a little bit different in Dallas. Okay. I do want to remind you, don't forget to take advantage of our special gaming offers from American betting experts. Go to LandryFootball.com, click on the ad located in the upper right side of the page, it's right? It's upper right side. Okay. You'll, you'll, you'll see it. It's right there. Go to LandryFootball.com, click on that ad in the upper right side of the page, pick among the gaming sites that are legal in your state, sign up, and then instantly receive an account, deposit match, or risk-free bet from $100 to $1,000, okay? $100 to $1,000 in an account deposit match or a risk-free bet. It's that easy, thanks to our sponsor, American Betting Experts. That's it, American Betting Experts. Go to LandryFootball.com and start playing. Uh, Okay, so... Uh, let's get into this too. Uh, this was, I think, a really important game that we saw yesterday. Really important, and I think it said a lot. The Las Vegas Raiders are a playoff team. They're a playoff team. This is a team that can win games late in the year and in the playoffs. They can win games. <laughs> Look, okay, 40 to 32, they beat the Chiefs in Kansas City. Period. They're a playoff team. Okay. The, there's a chance. And again, I don't, I think that, you know, there are going to be some people that think I'm crazy on this. There is a real chance. There's a real chance that the, that the Raiders could season sweep the Chiefs. Right. They, if they play the Chiefs in, Las Vegas, I mean, you got to put that factor into it too. I mean, that's that's a real advantage. You got to keep that in mind also. Look at what the Raiders are, right? We can establish now, and the Chiefs are proving this. The Chiefs are proving this is an offensive league. Teams are investing so much more in offensive personnel Right. There's so many good young quarterbacks in the league. 
They rebuild the offensive line. They need protection. They need time, right? Perimeter players, the offensive head coaches, like the league is turning more and more and more offensive than it ever has been before. With that being said, look at what the Raiders are doing right now. The Raiders right now are fifth in total yards, eighth in yards per game, fifth in total scoring, seventh in points per game, fifth in total passing, seventh in passing yards per game, and they're ninth in rushing yards per game, or ninth in rushing total yards, not per game, ninth in total rushing yards. So in all of those key key offensive stats, they're top 10. This is a top 10 offense in the league. Okay, based on yards, based on yards, this is a top five offense. Based on scoring, this is a top five offense. Whatever the Raiders are doing right now, this is why I never bought Derek Carr was not a real quarterback. Derek Carr's a real quarterback. This is a real offense with a real chance to win a playoff game. This team can go to the playoffs and win a playoff game. Do I think they're going to win the division? No, I think the Chiefs are going to win the division. But this team has talent. Now, there's, uh, there's always the other side of the football that comes into play, right? In every defensive category, the Raiders are bottom 10 in the league in defensive metrics they are they're they're not great against the rush they're not great against the pass they're not a great pass rushing team right like this is not a great defensive team they sometimes they get a little bit heavy on penalties and you know that's the reality of the Raiders right now but offense runs this league the Chiefs defense is not amazing okay the Chiefs defense is not amazing there are plenty of teams in the NFL that have great offenses and they're okay defenses and that's fine and that's what works okay like there are a lot of teams like that so look at what the Raiders are doing look at what the Raiders are doing look at how they specialize look at what they've done to their offense because this is this is exactly how you build an offense they put weapons around Derek Carr right Darren Waller is one of the best tight ends in the league. Somebody like Henry Ruggs with he's the deep threat, the you know, massive speed guy. Okay, ran like a 427 at the combine, just ridiculous stuff. They they've surrounded this offense with legitimate perimeter players. Right? Uh, they they gave Derek Carr some help. It's a good offensive line. When you invest heavily in the offensive line, it pays off giving your quarterback time to throw, opening up running lanes for your running back. Okay. Like all of those things matter. Josh Jacobs is a really good running back in this league. And what do you need from Derek Carr? Okay. Derek Carr is exactly what today's NFL calls for. He is not a statue. He's athletic. He can move around in the pocket and he's bizarrely accurate. Okay, Derek Carr this year is leading the league in completion percentage. He's completing 73% of his throws. 
That is unheard of. Okay. He's got 11 touchdowns and one interception on the year. That's it. Through five games, they're three and two, 73% completion percentage, 11 touchdowns and one interception. And he's throwing for about 288 yards per game. That's legitimate quarterback stuff. And this is not coming late in games where it's just meaningless yards. No, these are real impact yards, real impact numbers. Okay, the past three seasons for Derek Carr, his completion percentage has been 69%, 70.5%, and now 73%. This is the kind of quarterback that Derek Carr is. He's efficient, he's effective. If you give the guy weapons, he's going to be good. He's athletic. He can move around a little bit. Okay, he isn't Phillip Rivers. He isn't Tom Brady. Okay, he's not Drew Brees, who just can't escape the pocket right now. He's beyond that. He can he can move. Okay, like Derek Carr right now. Like, what's the massive difference, do you think, between, like, Derek Carr and Carson Wentz. Other than the fact that Carson Wentz is having a terrible year so far this year, what's the massive difference between Derek Carr and Carson Wentz? Maybe Carson Wentz has a little bit more special in him. Like he can make those special throws and all of those things. But Derek Carr is never going to lose you again. I think Derek Carr is a Super Bowl quarterback. I think you can win a Super Bowl with Derek Carr. I do. Uh, like I have been advocating for Derek Carr forever. It feels like because he fits the bill. What fits the bill for quarterbacks in the NFL today? Ask yourself that. What is it that fits the bill for NFL quarterbacks? Maturity, that's a given. You can't be a statue. You have to move a little bit. You don't have to be a runner, but you have to be when when the pocket collapses, you got to be able to escape when the play breaks down and still make a play. That's required in the NFL today. You have to be able to do that. And you got to be accurate. That's the most important one. If you are an accurate thrower of the football, you can succeed in this league. Okay, if you complete 60% of your throws, you're going to have a harder time. And I think that's a given. You don't need me to tell you that. Okay, the higher percentage of passes that you can complete, the better off you'll probably be. Right? I mean, a guy that completes 62% of his throws is more than likely going to have more trouble than the guy that completes 68. That's the difference. Derek Carr is on his second straight year of over 70% completion percentage. That is top of the league accuracy. That's Drew Brees. Drew Brees, an all-time great. Derek Carr is completing passes at pretty close to that rate. But yet, we are so convinced that John Gruden doesn't like his quarterback. The Raiders got to move on. Why? What is Derek Carr not showing you? What is it? All they needed to do was get him Henry Ruggs, a speed guy, a guy that can go down the field and create space with his speed. And look at that. Derek Carr's a stud. I mean, Derek Carr's got to get talked about a little bit in the MVP conversation, right? I'm not saying he should win it, but is he not top five? Think about it. Russell Wilson, Josh Allen, Aaron Rodgers, and and who else would you put above Derek Carr right now? Right now. 
Patrick Mahomes, maybe. Like, I, I, you gotta, you gotta keep that in mind. Okay, it, Derek Carr right now is playing better than Lamar Jackson. He's playing better than Deshaun Watson right now. Okay, those are top tier guys. Those are top five quarterbacks in the whole league. Top five, top six. Don't you think Derek Carr deserves a little bit of leeway on this? Don't you think he deserves a little bit of that? A little bit of love? Like I've been I've been advocating for him for so long. I really have. I've been advocating for him forever, it feels like. But when you're accurate, when you're accurate and you can move and you're not a problem in your all in your locker room, right? Derek, you you don't hear enough great stuff about Derek Carr, the guy. Derek Carr's a great guy. You know, he's a father, he's a family man. There's I think the Raiders are lucky to have him as their quarterback. I wouldn't move on until things really go down south. But you had to keep in mind, once you put weapons around this guy, he can really win games. And he's winning games with a defense that is not good. The Raiders' defense is not great right now. But John Gruden is making this work. He's making this work. So, I, listen, I've been, I'm really impressed. I think the Raiders are a real playoff team. I think they could win a playoff game. I'm not ruling out that they're going to win the, that they could win the division. I don't listen. That do I think they will? No. But am I going to rule it out? Do I think it's a possibility? Yes, I do. Okay, because you know the Broncos aren't going to win it. it. The Chargers, the Chargers aren't going to win it. And you have the feeling again. We all have the feeling that everything runs through Kansas City right now. Well, the Raiders just beat them in their own building, and despite what the score was. Right, it was only an eight-point game. Right, forty to thirty-two was the final score. The Raiders were killing them all game. If you watched it, the Raiders were killing them all game long. It wasn't close. It was not a close football game. Okay, the Raiders got out in front late and never let go. Never let go. So, I'm impressed with the Raiders. I think they could win a playoff game. They could they could maybe even do a little bit more than that. I'm telling you, man, I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Okay, so uh, let's talk a little bit about what's going on uh, tonight and then tomorrow night. Uh, Broncos-Patriots ended up getting postponed uh, because I guess the Patriots are having a little bit of COVID issues. Uh, Cam Newton, we know, is positive. Stephon Gilmore tested positive. Uh, so uh, the NFL is being cautious. They've already rescheduled a bunch of different games. They moved a, a bunch of games around. I'm not going to go through it with you, but they did move a bunch of games around. Uh, Broncos and Patriots will get played next week, I believe, uh, but it will not be played tonight. Uh, so we only have one Monday night football game tonight. The Chargers going to New Orleans to play the Saints, and the Saints are seven-point favorites. When I last, when we last spoke on Friday, I had picked the Saints to win the game. I'm still with that. I'm still going to pick the Saints to win the game. Um, but here's the thing, though. Uh, you're going to be able to see. This is going to be a real test here. Michael Thomas is not playing in the game. Michael Thomas is not playing. He punched a teammate in practice, right? <laughs> like he ain't playing. It's disciplinary reasons, which first of all, I love, by the way, I absolutely love that. Okay. A team with principles. Oh boy. 
I love that stuff. I absolutely love it because there's so many teams that lack it. There are so many teams out there that just kind of let their players do whatever they want, let them act up, act crazy, do, you know, don't follow team policy, all of that stuff. There's so many teams, so many franchises that do that. The Saints aren't one of them. Okay, Sean Payton and the Saints ownership has none of that crap. I love that. Okay, Michael Thomas did something stupid in practice. Okay, do something stupid. You don't play. I love that. I love that little suspension that they gave Michael Thomas. He's healthy. He would have played this week. He's healthy. And again, this is also despite the fact that the Saints might need him. <laughs> like, okay, Drew Brees, it's known now. Drew Brees struggles without Michael Thomas. Drew Brees in his career has won one game without Michael Thomas since Michael Thomas has been in the league, which has only been a couple of years. So it's clear that they need him. But that doesn't matter. They're holding him out Monday Night Football. Listen, they're at home. They're playing the Chargers. They could win this game without him. But this is the important part, man. Okay? This is a Chargers team that plays hard. They play fast. They get after the quarterback. That That's what they do. The Chargers are they're a tough team to handle, especially on defense, because this team is young and fast, right? The Kenneth Murray, that rookie linebacker, is a stud. I mean, they trading for Chris Harris. I mean, they really tried to beef up this defense to try to handle some of the teams in their own division, right? Like, again, the Raiders are proving that they can score. We already know the Chiefs can score. They, they really tried to beef up this defense. So this is not going to be easy, okay? The Saints right now without Michael Thomas, are not amazing. They they struggle scoring points. Their offense becomes a little bit one-dimensional. Now, I believe that it would have been worse in previous years because really the Saints haven't done that much investing in a number two wide receiver. Now they have that, right? Emmanuel Sanders is a legitimate number two wide receiver. He can play that. Um, and especially in an offense that doesn't require him to carry such a big load. But Drew Brees being as accurate as he is, I don't think... It, the Saints are not going to turn the ball over that much in this game. But the problem is, like I said, is that they could find themselves being one-dimensional because Michael Thomas isn't playing. Their other star player on offense plays running back, right? Alvin Kamara. And they're going to give him the ball a lot. They're, they've been giving him the ball a lot. And the defense sees that coming. So, again, I don't think that this game is too hard to analyze the Saints have two star players on offense. One of them's not playing. They're going to overload the other with touches. They're going to give Alvin Kamara a bunch of carries, and they're going to give him balls that are, that are you know, they're going to have him catch a lot of balls out of the backfield, and that's what they're going to do. That That's the reality of what the Saints are right now. Without Michael Thomas, they get a little bit one-dimensional. So, however, I don't think that that matters. I think that veteran leadership is going to play a big part in this game. Okay, prime time, Monday night. It's a big stage. There's going to be a lot of people watching. You know, it's on the road for the Chargers. And I think that's going to be a lot for Justin Herbert to handle. I do. Okay, and I think Justin Herbert's a uh, he's going to be a really good quarterback in this league. Okay, I thought so two years ago when he decided to stay at Oregon, right? Like, I, I had a really good feeling that he was going to end up being pretty darn good in this league. I really, I, 
I was all in. I was all in on it. But again, he's a rookie. He's going to make mistakes. Drew Brees is not going to make the same mistakes that Justin Herbert will make tonight. Okay, Justin Herbert is going to throw an interception or two. He's going to make a couple of bad throws. He's not going to convert on third down that he should. Okay, he's going to, you know, muff a snap or have some crazy rookie mistake, right? Like that's that's the reality of rookies in primetime. You know, and despite how impressive he's looked, because I don't really think that there were a lot of people that expected him to play that much. I really don't. I don't think that there were a lot of people that expected Justin Herbert to be playing this early. I didn't. I didn't expect him to be playing this early. I I, I had no idea. I thought that they were going to ride Tyrod Taylor up until at least like week 12. Seriously, I, I thought they were going to roll with him. They were going to go four and eight in the first 12 weeks or something like that. And then we're going to hand the keys over and see what Justin Herbert had for the last three or four games. Like, that's what I thought was going to happen. No, they they hand him the keys a couple of weeks in to this year, and it's paid off. Now, the Chargers, again, they're last place in the division. They're one and three. They're not a great football team right now. But, again, it's because they have a quarterback that just isn't ready yet. Okay? He's not He's a rookie. He makes mistakes. Okay. Austin Eckler is out tonight. So even the Chargers could be a little bit one dimensional, even though Keenan Allen is having a phenomenal start to the season. They've got endless perimeter weapons, right? Mike Williams, I love. Like Hunter Henry, guys like they they have real players. Okay. This is an offensive line that's been improved. I still don't like what they have at right tackle. But again, even then. The Chargers have done a nice job at building a roster. This is a good defense. This is good offensive personnel. They're just not ready at quarterback yet. And that's what I think is going to make a difference in the game is that Drew Brees is going to just out experience the Chargers tonight. And I'll, it's not, again, it's nothing against what the Chargers have built, but they're just going to be, the Saints are just going to be more experienced. I think Sean Payton is going to out coach Anthony Lynn. It's, that's going to be the, the real that's going to be the real difference in this game. So I don't think it's going to be a blowout. I think this is going to be, you know, there are times in this game where I think it could get ugly. Also, not a lot of great football being played. Um, but I do think the saints win tonight. Uh, what's it going to, maybe a 10 point win, you know, maybe something like 27, 17, 27, 20, something along those lines. It's going to be around that, right? 24, 17. It'll be around that mid scoring, type of uh type of spread for them but i am going to take the saints tonight over the chargers on monday night football uh let's talk a little bit about tuesday because that's going to be a big one uh the league is really optimistic that this game is going to get played so i'm going to act like it's going to get played uh buffalo going to tennessee to play the titans um now the titans didn't play last week and they didn't practice last week they practiced this week, and I do think that that matters a little bit. However, I think that the fact that they didn't play last week and that they've been limited in practice, right? Because, they again, they, they pretty much had a whole week off. They couldn't go to the practice facility. I like the Bills. This is <laughs> – they got a tough break. 
right? Tennessee got a tough break because they, they got a defense that is just absolutely lethal in Buffalo, right? They're not going to be able to throw the ball that crazy because Tredavious White is just ridiculous. Their safeties are ridiculous, right? With Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. And like, the, this is just a team that's loaded. They do. This is a defense that's, that's loaded. They get after the quarterback. Their linebackers are spectacular. I mean, it's just crazy how good they are right now. Uh, offensively, again, this is a Buffalo Bills team that is extremely hot. They're well-rested. Josh Allen's been one of the best quarterbacks in the entire league this year. You know, Stefan Diggs, I, I can't say this enough. Stefan Diggs has enhanced that offense so much. Real, I, I mean that. It, Stefan Diggs has made a huge, huge difference in that offense. Huge. So that matters. That matters. They're going to run the football well. This is a good offensive line. I Listen, I like Buffalo. I like Buffalo on Tuesday night. You know, I think we'll be talking about Buffalo as a top three team in the NFL really shortly. Uh, this is a team that's good. They've done a lot of great. They've done a lot of good with, you know, drafting and developing players, hiring a coaching staff. I mean, they've just invested all of the right pieces into the right spots, right? Guys like Cody Ford that they drafted a year ago, Ed Oliver. I mean, like these are turning out to be really nice players, really nice. But the fact that they traded their first round pick this year for Stefan Diggs turns out to be a, an incredible move, an incredible move. Because uh, again, it's, it's bringing Josh Allen to another level. That was the biggest thing for Buffalo was we all knew their defense was great. We all knew they could run the ball. We all knew they were well coached. Was Josh Allen going to develop enough where they could take that next step? And so far this year, he's done exactly that. He has been exactly what they thought he was going to be when they drafted him. A great runner. He's become way more accurate of a passer this year. Okay, I mean, Josh Allen in years past was just, I mean, he really wasn't throwing the ball accurately at all, right? The His first two years in Buffalo, a 53% completion percentage in his rookie year, and then last year he was at 58.8. I mean, those were his completion percentages. This year, he's up around 71%. I, I mean, it's a huge jump. Uh, Lamar Jackson had a great jump last year when he won MVP, right? When Lamar Jackson went from 58% to 66%. I mean, that was ridiculous. Josh Allen this year went from 58% to 71, 71%. I mean, that's unheard of. That's ridiculous. Crazy, crazy, crazy. So I like Buffalo. Now, Tennessee, I, I want to talk about a little bit more on the Tennessee side. Again, Ryan Tan, I'm not certain I buy all into Ryan Tannehill yet, uh, but this team is going to run the ball. They're going to try and control time of possession. Don't be surprised if on Tuesday night you see Derrick Henry get like 30, 35 carries. <laughs> they are going to hand him the ball so much just because they realize that Ryan Tannehill might not be able to just win them a game all by himself, right? They might not be able to rely on his arm because it's rusty. It's just that the receivers might have a hard time creating space, right? Guys like Corey Davis and, and guys like that, like, 
Are they really going to be able to create that much space? Are they really going to be able to make that much of a difference? Is this the way that Buffalo or, or that Tennessee is going to beat a defense like Buffalo, right? The best way for Tennessee to beat somebody like this is to just have the ball all the time, right? Like that's what the Vikings tried to do yesterday with Seattle. I mean, it didn't matter because Russell Wilson's amazing, but like the Vikings had the ball for 40 minutes. The Titans tomorrow, I have a feeling, are just going to try and have the ball for as long as they possibly can. Control time of possession heavily, heavily. So I think that's the way the Titans have a shot at winning. But I am going to pick Buffalo. Again, close game. I don't really expect it to be that high scoring, but I would take Buffalo in the, you know, maybe 26 to 20 range, 26 to 17 ish kind of a score. You know, it, it'll be something along those lines. I do think that Tennessee is going to struggle a little bit offensively just because they haven't practiced. They haven't done a lot. Okay. They opened the practice facility this week, but they've had shutdowns and everything like that. They're not going to have, I, I'm, I'm not sure who's going to be playing and who isn't like, it's, it's going to be pretty crazy. They're playing an awkward schedule. They're playing on a Tuesday night. I mean, who honestly, who, who prepares for that? Who prepares for a Tuesday night football matchup? Like it, it's just, it barely ever happens. So, uh, okay. So boy, we had a lot of stuff today. Um, Cowboys win 37, 34, uh, looking at a couple of these other ones, the jets just can't find a win. Can they 30 to 10, they get blown out by Arizona, uh, Pittsburgh beats Philadelphia 38, 29, uh, that was an, that was a, uh, that was a, a game and a half. I'll tell you that much. That was a game and a half. Uh, next week, we, what are we? No Thursday night football next week. It looks like no Thursday night football. We have two Monday night football games next week. Uh, so that is going to be fun. That's going to be a game, uh, a week that we're going to not, uh, that we're not going to want to miss. Um, but again, uh, Thank you for joining us. We're going to have, you're going to have us every Monday and Friday from two o'clock to three o'clock Eastern time in the afternoon, this time right here on the Landry football podcast network. This is Guido's gridiron blitz. I am Mike Guido. Hey, I got it this time. Hey, look at that. I'm Mike Guido. It's great to have you in. Uh, we will see you on Friday. Enjoy the two games in between. We will be sure to talk about them on Friday. We'll make picks. We'll do all of that stuff. Again, thanks for listening. We'll see you on Friday.